Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team, uh, you know, following up. That's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitchList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is September 12th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. If you're a database engineer, what are you doing? Why haven't you applied to our potential full-time database engineer position here at PitcherList? Um, so go to PitcherList.com slash hiring, see the job requirements. We hope to meet you soon. We have some amazing projects we're working on, and we're just trying to find the right person who is a baseball fan, likes what we do, and wants to work on some incredible stuff that we are doing. Uh, Kyle Wright yesterday made his return from the IL. Three innings, six earned runs, six hits, two walks, three Ks. Oh, dear, 62 pitches. Look, Kyle Wright, in the beginning of the year, I wasn't very much in. Why? Because it kind of is the Wasker rule. That is, it's really a curveball. And not much else, right? The fastball, sinker, and four-seamer, really more sinkers than four-seamers. Sometimes they go up, but then sometimes a changeup, sometimes a slider. Yeah, it's really just that curveball. And that curveball, it was in the zone, but it just wasn't really that good. Uh, and that is a problem. If Kyle Wright doesn't have his curveball, then that's a big issue. Now, this was a return from the IL after pretty much missing the entire season. So, I can imagine some rust here, and it is the Phillies. But he was only at 62 pitches. He does get the Marlins and Nationals in his next two starts. I could see him being better. At 62 pitches, that means it's only going to be 70-75 for the first one against the Marlins. I don't really feel like I need to be in on Kyle Wright at the moment. It is great pitching for Atlanta. I would imagine that National start could be one that we circle. If you have held on to Kyle Wright and you don't know what to do right now, you can let him go. Brandon Woodruff, ace is going to ace against the Marlins. Complete game shutout. Yep, okay. Uh, ace Alex Cobb against the Guardians. Five innings, zero runs, great. Four base runners, great. Two strikeouts, three whiffs, 20% CSW. The splitter 
was a 10% CSW with two for 39 whiffs. He did get outs in play and all that kind of stuff. He got very fortunate with Babip. Yeah, this is not the dominant cop. He's dealing with that hip injury that we mentioned last time. And now he gets Coors, Dodgers, and Padres next. Nope. We are completely done with Alex Cobb. Mason Miller went two innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, and three Ks. You can say, oh, he was just an opener. Yes and no. He was 27 pitches the first time um, in relief, and now he's at 45. And I imagine next start's going to be around 60. Now, 45 pitches with two innings, maybe they were trying to intend more for 40 pitches, but they just let him finish the inning. So maybe it's more 50 to 60 as opposed to just 60 of increasing by 15 each time. But it's nice to see that he's still getting three strikeouts here against a good Astros team. He gets the Padres next, and that already with that pitch count, you didn't want to start him there. But then after that, oh, we are in business because that could be up to 70 pitches, and he has decent matchups after that. And he's throwing 101. Mm, this might be very, very interesting with Mason Miller, even though he's on the athletics. Now, on the other side of it was Ken Waldachuk, who was opened for. And I thought, okay, well, ever come all the juggling the Astros. I'm never even going to talk about this. No, 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 no. Six no-hit innings from Ken Waldachuk. Yeah, against the Astros. His changeup and sweeper were good. And if you think about Waldachuk across the season, it was really just four seamers up that he was trying to do for a bit and really trying to figure out everything else. Maybe the sweeper would show up at times. But recently, we've seen a changeup that is very good from Ken Waldachuk. Between the changeup and sweeper, it was 10 over 26 whiffs between them. And the four-seamer was good enough to find out. Whoa, okay. If there's another actual start for Ken Waldachuk, because he's piggybacking at the moment, right? It's Mason Miller to Waldachuk. The changeup could come through again, but it's the Padres, and they're so good against lefties. I can't do that. But maybe what happens here is that Mason Miller and Waldachuk piggyback one more time, and then they split up, right? Because, I mean, come on, what is this rotation for the athletics right now? So, I mean, do you really want Sean Newcomb and Kyle Muller? I, I, if Waldachuk is looking that good, you probably make him separate. And then if this changeup for, for uh, seriously here, if this changeup is good through the rest of the year, I'm going to be circling him in your 15 teamer drafts. For 2024. This changes him completely. It's very, very interesting. Then again, of course, Waldachuk, lefty, bad command over the years. So we'll see what happens there. Jordan Wicks in Colorado. I was like, you know what? I kind of still like Jordan Wicks. And it's a really nice schedule after that. I might just still have him and maybe even start him here. And guess what? He came through. Six innings, one run, three hits, one walk in, two strikeouts. It was a neckbeard approach, except he just completely shaved off one side. (laughs) So we have mutton chop on one and nothing on the other. I mean, it was just completely arm side with like everything. Kind of wild to see it. Not typical when you have a cutter, but the changeup is just so good arm side. And it's really rare to see this consistent command from such a young arm. So that's really cool. And he has great matchups the rest of the way. I'm so down to rostering Jordan Wicks the rest of the way. It's not the 10 strikeout potential guy, but think like a very good Toby. And with good matchups, you're going to start him. Sonny Gray against the Rays. Uh-oh. Four innings, one run, which is not bad in the ERA, but it's four innings for 89 pitches and six hits, one walk, and five Ks. I said this with uh, Eric Samolski yesterday, who, by the way, is the new OTC host. Congratulations, Eric Samolski. I mean, he's amazing, and I'm so happy to be, I don't want to say congratulations, that's like too much of like a, yeah, congrats, you, whatever. I don't, I don't like that, but I'm so excited to work with Eric Smolski. Um, and if you guys don't know, he's a pitching guy. Like, he's very much of a pitch mix. He was a catcher in high school, went to my rival school, the Pelicans of Packer, as I was a Berkeley Cow Lion. 
And he talked about Sonny Gray and I uh, liked him a lot, saying he's you know, increasing his slider usage and everything like that. And I agree. And the biggest sign of question for Sonny Gray is when it's more four-seamer and cutter. And guess what? That's what it was yesterday. Oh, boy. Sweeper was just thrown 17 times for only two CSW. Curveball was just four times. 21 breaking balls for Sonny Gray. 25% usage, essentially, between them. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's not what we want. And Sonny Gray, you have, like, three starts left. Please. Please just put a cap on this miraculous season you just had. I got you for like $6 in Tet Wars, okay? Like, it made me feel so smart. Please. <laughs> we need ya. Uh, Patrick Corbin against the Pirates earned a gallows pole with 18 whiffs. Why? Because the slider, as I just held on that S for so long, 14 whiffs. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was amazing against the Pirates. We can't depend on that. Not to mention the fastball is still always weird. 6.2 innings of 2 and runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 8 Ks. I do want to mention Patrick Corbin will always have this opportunity. He's essentially a werewolf. He gets Milwaukee next and then two starts against Atlanta. So, like, obviously not against Atlanta twice. But there are worse desperate plays than him, uh, Patrick Corbin, against the Brewers. Jose Quintana against the Diamondbacks. Five innings, two hard runs, five hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. That's some good streaming. He has a fantastic two-start week. He gets the Reds at the end of this. And then it's the Phillies twice. And I've been kind of really down on Quintana because of those Philly starts, because I essentially treat them like an elite offense right now. And maybe I am overrating that. Maybe Jose Quintana can survive it. So if you want, you can start him against the Reds next time. And if that goes well, you can take a chance against the Phillies if you really need to and just kind of wade into that one for one and not necessarily commit for both. That's all I'm going to say there about Quintana. I, I like his command. This was actually one of those where he was a little too far out of the zone, which is better, in my view, than too far in the zone, right? We see those games where guys just throw down the middle or out of the zone, and those are the terrible games. That's like that Lucas Giolito start. Uh, but Quintana throwing a little too far out of the zone means, okay, he's not going to be as efficient, only, you know, only five innings for 90 pitches, but it avoids a big damage, and that's cool. Uh, Logan Gilbert against the Angels, seven innings, 300 runs, six hits, one walk, five Ks. That's great. We're done with Logan Gilbert now, guys. I, I know it sounds crazy. And maybe I'm overrating the Rangers offense, but he gets the Dodgers at Texas and then against Texas in, not Safeco, but T-Mobile. What? No. It's it's volatile. There are better options. I'm not joking. I mentioned this on the podcast yesterday. Sawyer Gibson Long is a pitcher I'd rather have than Logan Gilbert moving forward. That sounds nuts. I compare him to Logan Webb. He has a fantastic series of matchups for the Tigers moving forward. And I feel as if Logan Gilbert's just too volatile here moving forward. So it stinks. I'm going to be very much in on Logan Gilbert next year, believing that the four-seamer will get better. But I just can't. I really just can't. Uh, Reed Detmers against the Mariners. I'm glad that he won seven innings, 300 runs, five hits, zero walks, and seven Ks. And very interesting... Reed Detmers, if you think about him, beginning of the year, I was really in on him because it was a 95 miles per hour, fa- sorry, 95 mile per hour fastball with a curveball for strikes and a really good commanded slider. In this start, it was 93.7 on the fastball, and it was a curveball that was a 26% CSW, could not find the release point on the slider, but this changeup was thrown 27 times, so that's a 25% swing uh, overall usage for 74% strikes. Whoa, he's got a new toy. Now, now I'm a little bit more interested for next year because I do think that Reed Detmers is a pitcher who is not going to get helped by the Angels themselves. They do not have the personnel on staff 
to really tweak and fix guys in season. We've seen it constantly. Patrick Sandoval isn't getting fixed. Uh, Detmers isn't getting fixed. I mean, there's so many times I see this example. Andrew Heaney wasn't getting fixed from the Angels. Detmers needed to go to the minors hanging out with Buddy Carlisle to get fixed last year. He didn't have that opportunity this year, and there you go. He will improve in the offseason, and he will likely have this changeup. I'm gonna. I'm very curious the next two starts what we get. It's only two more starts from Detmers. It's against the Rangers. Sorry, it's against the Rays. I believe the Rangers. It's another bad start at the end of it. I don't want to do it. We're not going to go after it, uh, especially without the other stuff working. But man, there is a world where Reed Demers has all four pitches working and he has like 95, 96 mile, mile per hour velocity. And I want that life for Reed Detmers. Uh, Framber Valdez against Oakland got the golden goal, 18 whiffs and 35% CSW. It's great to see he threw 28 curveballs, the second most thrown pitch. Finally, thank you. Cutters were still not used, utilized enough at 11 of them, but you got four whiffs on it. Why aren't you throwing it more? But fine, you got 10Ks in one walk. Okay, fine. I'm not going to be too upset. But three runs, maybe you would be better. Just saying. Just throw like throw like combined 40 curveballs and cutters, maybe even 50. <laughs> Whatever. He's doing great. I'm not going to... I'm being stupid. Good stuff, Valdez. Great schedule the rest of the way. Uh, we have Gavin Williams and Freeland and Dunning and Glasnow and Morton. So many more to talk about. We're going to talk about all those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Gavin Williams, six innings, three runs, five hits, four walks, and two Ks. Oh, gosh, come on, man. He was going east-west as opposed to north-south, which is so strange. Um, he was around the edges a lot. And now it's the Rangers and Orioles, and Gavin Williams is not in the right place you want to be. He's a cherry bomb. It could go well. You know, I've seen it before. I remember the famous, like... It was a start of the night that Gavin Williams and Cole Reagans both did really well. Uh, Reagans did well against uh, the Red Sox for 11 strikeouts. Williams got 12, I think, against the Jays. And I had Gavin Williams as a do not start because he hadn't gone six innings in any game. And then it was Jays. And there you go. He just destroyed it. It was like, like the last four games or so. So you never really know with Gavin Williams. So I'm going to just list them as a cherry bomb and question will start for both of those. But yeah, you might be better off chasing something else in your 12 teamers. Just want to say that with Gavin Williams. I love him for next year. Well... We're going to talk about it more, but I do think his four-seamer is a really good thing to, to lean on moving forward next year. Um, you have Kyle Freeland against the Cubs and Coors, and yeah, okay, whatever. Dane Dunning, hey, he got seven Ks because his slider and cutter came back for 10 for 44 whiffs, but it was the Jays, so he had a very poor quality start. Um, and now he gets the Guardians, and maybe I'll consider that because the cutter and slider are coming back, but it's just for one start. It could be a dentist that is comes around and doesn't stick around for a long time. Uh, so he's so dependent on those two, it's still very risky. Zach Davies against the Mets, I don't care. You don't want to go for Davies. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, ace is going to ace against the Twins, except it was four and runs, and that's really dumb. 
Uh, you get tough matchups, I don't care. You're going to start Tyler Glasnow. Still eight strikeouts and got a win. So whatever. Uh, Charlie Morton against the Phillies. He's a cherry bomb. Nine strikeouts. But bad whip and ratio and ERA. Like it's... Ah, his win potential still good. Um, he actually would have gone this win if it weren't for a two-run shot with two outs in the bottom of the ninth that tied it for off of the bat of Bryce Harper. Okay, cool. Michael Lorenzen against Atlanta. He got the win. His Vargas rule is over. Um, and this was four and runs and seven base runners in three Ks, and he might be moving to the pen now, which does shift things for the Phillies. And really, that Christopher Sanchez doesn't get Atlanta a second time, which is really good. And maybe now I'm holding on to Christopher Sanchez and not starting him tomorrow against Atlanta. I don't know. Do what you need to do. But yeah, don't go for Lorenzen. Andre Jackson, four and runs and four innings against the Nationals. I'm not going to re- uh, uh, rule out a rebound against the Yankees next. That's only for NL-only leagues. Uh, and I wrote this line. Andrew's changeup, Andre's, sorry, Andre's changeup is usually the take in tonight. It was the stub, which is kind of decent. I might save that one. Because, like, it stubbed your toe. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, Andre, uh, uh, Tywin Walker against Atlanta. Uh, yeah, no, come on. He's, he's laboring. He might actually have a decent schedule the rest of the way, but I don't want to touch this whatsoever. Tywin Walker is just not the guy you want to go for. Um, and it was against Atlanta. Of course not. Chris Bassett against the Rangers did not come through. You're still just going to start him the rest of the way. Dean Kramer's cutter wasn't good. And if his, Kramer's cutter isn't good, then everything is bad. But it happens, like, once a month. You're just going to keep rolling with it against the Rays. Hazel Lazardo is so disappointing. Like, so, so, so disappointing. He threw too many pitches down in middle. And honestly, it's worse to throw down in middle than up in middle. I'm not even saying, like, very bottom of the zone. It was, like, hard of the plate, bordering middle low. And that is honestly where batters like the pitch most. In fact, they like that more than middle up, right, in the that border. So, don't do that. Don't do that, Jesus. Okay, cool. And now he gets Atlanta next. And, oh, gosh, I don't think it's going to be this bad. but And we seem to do well against the Padres, so... Good luck. Um, Gavin Stone, we don't want to go with you. It's a change of focus guy without a good fastball. Like, that breaks the Wasker rule. So, there you go. Uh, the Wasker rule, I'm just going to call it moving forward. Uh, Dakota Hudson against Baltimore. No, thank you. And uh, Pedro Avila, yeah, no, against the Padres. And it wasn't enough for me to be excited by his good schedule. If he does well in one of those starts, maybe we're back in, but no. Uh, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. We have Freddie Peralta, Justin Verlander, Max Fried, Joe Ryan, Max Scherzer, and Zach Wheeler. All is auto start tier. Scherzer and Wheeler get really tough matchups, but we're still going to go with it. Probable start tier, you have Cal Quantrill getting the Giants as our stream pick of the day. And Edward Cabrera with an opener against the Brewers. He went 70 pitches last time against the Dodgers, so I imagine he's going to go like six innings here. This is going to be really good, um, I think, for Edward Cabrera. But then again, he is volatile, and maybe he doesn't pitch as well as he did against the Brewers, against the Dodgers. Maybe that happens. Questionable start tier is a lot of them. Okay, Ryan Nelson, maybe the cutter is better against the Mets. John Means is returning from the IL. He is at 87 pitches, so it might be just 90 and be fine. But he's lower. He's at 91 miles per hour, and it's a full of changeup. And the breakers, I don't really know what we're going to get. And there's a lot of jitters and return from the IL. And there's a lot of reasons why this won't be that good. But I'm excited about it. And I, I, I think Ryan Nelson has a better chance, I think, against the Mets just because the cutter should be better. But yeah, means is weird because after this is the Astros. So if we're not starting this one, we're not starting that one. It's kind of weird to have him on your roster, right? Brandon Williamson against the Tigers. It's because it's a two-week stint uh, off, the, off the COVID IL. However, I raised him back up. I imagine he was still pitching, and he was in such a good place before. And it's the Tigers. I had him lower yesterday, and I just put him higher up. Because, like, you know what? Brandon Williamson, I think, is still better than the other things I'm going to mention here, which is Brian Wu against the Angels. He's going to be on a limited pitch count. His four-seamer was way worse last time. He was down to uh, about two ticks on everything. He got some extra rest. It's the Angels. But I imagine it's like five innings, and hopefully he's... Good in those five innings. Uh, Nick Pavetta against the Yankees. I don't like 
Nick Pavetta, but the Yankees are just so bad, and maybe the slider command is good. Hyunjin Ryu gets Texas. He's a Toby. Brandon Brady Singer is a cherry bomb. He got rained out yesterday. Uh, we don't really know if the sinker command is going to be good, or the slider command is going to be good enough. Dylan Cease, you know what this is, it's strikeouts, hopefully. Cutter Crawford is going against the Yankees, and again, like Pavetta, I don't know how good this is going to be. It's, ugh. Um, but maybe the Yankees are just that bad. Michael Walker gets the Dodgers. He could survive that one. Javier Assad did not have his cutter last time. Maybe he comes back here. It's in cores, but cores isn't as scary. If he has his cutter and his sinker working, they'll be fine. But big risk. Carlos Rodon just looks so bad last time. 94 mile per hour fastballs. Not a fan of that. And it's in Fenway. Ugh. Jose Bado, uh, Subuto, I should say, against Arizona. He was throwing harder last time. It was two ticks harder. Don't really necessarily love the slider. I believe the changeup, um, if I remember him correctly. Yeah. Uh, it's not that great. But this could work out. It's kind of sneaky against Arizona. Do not start here. Zach Littell. I just don't want to do this against the Twins. Uh, I don't think he's that good. Bailey Falter against the Nationals could work out, but not really. Lance Lynn gets the Padres, and he's just been so bad and detrimental. uh, Patrick Sandoval, no against the Mariners, even though the Mariners are the team that has allowed him to get so many whiffs on his changeup in the past. The slider and changeup both have not been there in ages. J.P. Sears against Houston, no. Juana Don, never. Uh, Joey Wentz is going against the Reds. And maybe that's good. It's not Alex Fiedo, but Wentz has these like rare moments, and maybe this is one of them. I don't, I don't want to chase. It's very, very desperate. Juana Don, as I mentioned, is against the Pirates, and I just don't think his stuff is that good. Ajuki uh, Desant has some strikeout upside as he gets the Royals, but the floor is just too low. Chris Flexen against the Cubs. Maybe his cutter is really good, but no. Jordan Lyles is a werewolf, and once a month he goes like eight innings, but this should probably not be it. Uh, against the White Sox, Randy Vasquez is in Fenway for this doubleheader and don't want to do that. Ma- Sean Manaya, you don't know what the Giants are doing. And Adam Wainwright maybe gets one of his two wins that he needs in his last four starts with the Orioles. And you know he's not very good. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. Uh, Spencer Strider, Luis Castillo, Zach Gallen, and Blake Snell. All obvious starts. Snell gets the Dodgers and we don't care. We're doing it. Yusei Kikuchi could arguably be in that top tier against the Rangers. And it's the Rangers, but Kikuchi's been so good with that slider command. Uh, so I actually regret not putting him on the list in the auto start tier. Eduardo Rodriguez against the Reds. He's been so steady. We're going to do that. Logan Allen against the Giants. That's an obvious Toby play. Hunter Brown against the uh, Athletics. He's a cherry bomb, but it's Athletics. And, like, you got to do this one, and we'll take it from here. Clark Schmidt against the, the Red Sox. I was really tempted to put him in the questionable start here because it is Fenway. But then I realized, you know what? Clark Schmidt's been so good that you're just still going to go with this. Um, as he was supposed to go yesterday, rained out. And gets pushed down to Thursday, which stinks, or actually Wednesday, because now he's not going to get Pittsburgh on Sunday. And then he's going to instead get Toronto, which is dumb. Way worse. A uh, question we'll start here. Our stream pick of the day is Connor Phillips against the Tigers. Those 97, really good slider. Uh, and Tigers aren't good. Now, it's questionable start. I was time to put him in probable. But yeah, he only had one start. It was MLB debut. But there is upside here. And actually, I feel like if this does well, this is one of those where I'm putting him higher up. Because you might want to pick him up and then hold. And that is baked into it a little bit for me. Uh, Taj Bradley against the Twins is just a cherry bomb because we don't know what his control is. And it's a very bad ratio risk. Uh, You have Mike Clevenger against the Royals. We know the bad and the good here. And I just don't know what we're going to get. Cherry bomb there. Braxton Garrett is a Toby against the Brewers, I guess. Cutter Command has been better. But he really hasn't been exceptional for a while. So I don't really love that. Jordan Montgomery gets the Jays and he hasn't had his curveball and change it for a bit. Kyle Harrison is a cherry bomb as a slinger from the left side. We don't know if he's going to throw enough strikes to be effective against the Guardians. Kyle Gibson against the Cardinals is an absolute cherry bomb. He's the poster boy for it. Ryan Pepio is interesting because he's been so good. And the changeup isn't better. The slider isn't better. The fastball's been fine. But it's the Padres. So I want to hold on to Pepio because of the starts after this. 
And I feel like if you have them, you probably are going to do it. Like, it's questionable enough to do it. Tanner Houck is the last one here. He breaks the Wasker rule. That is, sliders are really good, but everything else isn't. But he gets the Yankees, and I can see it working out. Do not start here. Is Alec Marsh against the White Sox? Maybe his uh, he has his strikeout upside that we've seen from him. Chase Dilseth against the Mariners um, is decent. As he comes back from his uh, IL stint with uh, the concussion protocol, I'm happy to hear he's healthy. But I feel like the splitter wasn't there before and it went away and the slider kind of went away. It's too risky here for so many reasons. Uh, Colin Ray against the Marlins. Maybe we've seen it before, and maybe maybe Jameson Tyone. Sorry, Jameson Tyone. There we go. Maybe Jameson Tyone in cores works out because he is going four seamers up and then secondaries down effectively, better than I've seen him in a very long time, if ever. But it's cores, so maybe the next start I'm in for, but not necessarily this one. Joey Lacasey against the Diamondbacks. Maybe the curve works. Dallas Keuchel against the Rays. Look, Dallas Keuchel pulled off the neckbeard approach last time and had slider whiffs. I'm not going to rule it out here. I think it's a little bit better than Christopher Sanchez against Atlanta. Paul Blackburn against the Astros. Drew Romno with his fastball against the, the Orioles is 90-91. I just don't like what he does. Ty Block hosting the Cubs and Coors. No, thank you. And Thaddeus Ward and Quinn Priester. I just have not seen them do well. So they're at the bottom of this one. All right, that is it for today. That was a very long one, but there are lots to talk about. And uh, make sure you subscribe through the end of the year. We have so many exciting stuff on the horizon, even though it is September. Lots of fun off-season stuff and so many plans for the future. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. May your babbles be low and your strikeouts high. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now. Uh Uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team. Uh, You know, following up, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear 